G'day and welcome to the Hunting Connection Podcast. My name is Zach Williams and I am your host. Here we'll connect you with hunters, fishers and outdoor enthusiasts from around the globe. This podcast will share hunting and fishing stories including past experiences and tackle the tough hunting stereotypes our community faces. We hope to be a positive influence to those outside the community while also having a laugh along the way. Hope you enjoy the podcast. G'day and welcome to another episode of Hunting Connection Podcast. Tonight, I've got a um, a pretty awesome one in, in my books for you guys lined up. Um, this one came along on the New Zealand trip that I've done. Um, we stopped at one of the lakes in New Zealand and we are taking photos. It was Lake Tikapo, I'm pretty sure, and we are taking photos and seeing these fellas walking, walking across to take photos of the same statue in a bunch of camo and... <clears throat> We got talking and introduced ourselves and here they are now. I'll let them introduce themselves because I don't want to butcher their names. Everyone knows how, how bad I butcher surnames on this podcast. So, how you going, fellas? How you going? Oh. I think it was Lake Pukaki we were. Yeah, yeah Lake Pukaki. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Not like <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> my name is uh, Mass and uh, I'm from Denmark. I'm 28 years old and I've been a hunter for... Almost 13 years now. Yeah, my name is Boya, and uh, I also 27 years old, and I've uh, been a hunter for, I don't know, seven, six years. Yeah, beautiful, oh, yeah. beautiful. And whereabouts are you fellas from? I'm from Denmark, but uh, I'm, I was born in the Faroe Islands. So uh, hunting in Faroe Island and in Denmark and, uh, yeah, New Zealand as well is Made much more different. Oh, it's it's yeah. insane. Yeah. There, there is nothing up there. And I'm a true Dane, and I've been hunting across Europe. And uh, this year we had five weeks together in New Zealand to yeah. try something new, and we met you guys. Yeah, that was <laughs> was a funny funny um, meeting. That's for sure. You know, we spotted yeah. you in your in your sicker gear, and we're just like, oh, they're they're definitely not New Zealand, so we'll go introduce that no. to them. <laughs> See what they've, they've been up to, so you know. There was, Rolling uh, in in a uh, white Toyota uh, station car, and <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> yeah, so we had the the one one New Zealand Jurgen with us, and then the two Americans, yeah. and me being the yeah, Australian. So it was a uh, good to introduce ourselves, and then look at us yeah. here. We're um, on a podcast and gonna learn everything about hunting across Europe that you guys have done, and hear about your uh, trip to New Zealand. So. We'll try our best. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you, you guys will smash it. So we'll get. Some yeah, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> we'll get some of the so, basics yeah. out of the way. What do you guys do for work? I'm a head chef at a restaurant at the moment. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, I don't make food at home. I just take takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I cook at home also. Uh, the the game meat and and all that kind of stuff, but. Also, when you're a head chef and you come home after 10 or 12 hours working, you, you don't feel like going to your own kitchen and start uh, cooking for you and your girlfriend. I so, could imagine. Quick food, go hunting. <laughs> <laughs> and Yeah, I'm a, I'm a carpenter. Carpenter, nice. So I, have, I have time to, to cook 
when I when I when I when I come home. <laughs> or you just go you just go to Mads and get him to cook you some takeaway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can you bring this with you? Yes, please. Yeah. How far do you fellas live apart from each other? Five hundred meters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect and how did yeah, you guys good timing when we were planning on new zealand trippers you're coming over yep yes <laughs> a bottle of red wine again yeah so how did you guys meet oh oh uh my parents yeah we moved to denmark when i was 11 and the uh, first day at my class i sat next next to him <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's been, been together been since. And what's the go with hunting in Denmark? When what age can you start doing it? And when did you guys start start hunting? Yeah, the, to take a hunting license in in Denmark is actually like a small education you're taking. I think I used around six months yeah. on taking it uh, on um, Me too. Uh, 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 a school. You're on uh, once a week. One day, one night, uh, one evening a week, uh, and uh, three or four hours at the time, and then you have have a certain uh, days to to learn all the basics and the theory and the praxis, and and then you take uh, first a test where you have, I think it's six hundred questions when they take out four forty yeah. questions with pictures and all that kind of stuff, and you can have. Uh, can have uh, five of them uh, incorrect. Wow. Four, yeah. five or four. Uh, four, Some, four, I think. Something yeah. like that. Uh, and after that, you go to a practice test when they see uh, if you uh, can, handle, can handle, the handle the gun yeah. and the safety. And you also have to... Uh, when when you're shooting shotgun in Denmark, you have some certain meters you can shoot different kind of uh, game on. Yeah. Uh, expect, uh, if you take a road deers, for example, it's 20 meters as maximum, and there are some uh, signs of a road deer, and you have to say, can I shoot or can you not shoot? And then uh, the man next to you says, yeah, that's correct, and go further to the next one. There's maybe a goose or a duck, and you answer again, and you have six questions on the animals, and then you have to shoot yeah to show your uh, weapons uh, yeah you still can handle it in a live situation yeah, yeah. that's crazy that's completely yeah. different to what yeah. it's like here what's uh, uh we can imagine that and, and that's only shotgun <laughs> yeah that's only shotgun then yeah. you also have a test for rifle, rifle also. also yeah nothing furry on it but you have to uh, uh take a test when you sh- when you show you can handle the gun correctly and then you shoot six shots at a robot uh, yeah, yeah. on hundred meters, and yeah. five of them has to be in a circle you not can see. Yeah, but just you know, normal broadside, uh, long shot. So that's just the hunting so, license side of things. Is there a um, firearms license as well involved in that, or? Yeah, you can actually call it uh, like a firearms yeah, license. Yeah, it is. You get a, a license to hold your specific rifle for ten years. Yeah, then you have to. Uh, and then you have uh, to renew it. Yeah, renew it. Yeah. Uh, but also, if you have a, a rifle where you uh, can change the the pipe on it, you have a license for the rifle and for the pipe. Yeah. And as a new and thing, the silencer. The silencer is well. no more a, a a license you have is just registered. Yeah, I think but, I have a license for myself. Yeah, you have for uh, one because yeah. you bought it a, yeah. a little a little yeah. longer. I actually just bought a new a new blaster, and as a new thing, the bottom piece also have a number now. 
you yeah, get right. a license too. That's so it's free license for the same gun. Okay, yeah. I'm never yeah. complaining about Australian firearm laws again. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I applied for my license in, uh, I think it was 29th of May, and I will probably just first get it in late August. Yeah, wow. So I can pick up the, my new rifle in late August. <laughs> so when you get a new rifle, do you have to put in a, say, like a permit? Here, when you get a, a new rifle, you have to put in a permit first and then get approved by the firearms yeah. branch yeah. before you, you can go, get you it. Go to, you, you go to the weapon dealer or the hunting shop and say, yeah. this is the one I want, and you get all the numbers and and apply for the permit. And uh, yeah, you get the rifle. The police have to see if you're a bad guy or a good guy, and uh, it takes time. <laughs> we are 180,000 hunters in Denmark, so imagine how many rifles getting sold every year. Yeah. And new ones came too, and all that kind of stuff. Do you have uh, limits on firearm ownership, or you can own as many as you like? What's the what's the go there? Um, there's a limit. I think it's 10. Yeah, so that's 10. I think, a, a, yeah. No, a normal hunter can own 10 weapons before you can have... Uh, it's like a weapons collector a permit, yeah. and then you can have more, of yeah. course, if you are collecting uh, from weapons from World War Two or something, especially. Yeah. Wow. Is there what about caliber restrictions? Is there certain calibers you can't own, or? No, I think if you want to shoot a roadie with uh, 480 nitro, you can do that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's not much of a roadie back then. No, no, it's a. Uh, I think the biggest caliber we have uh, in Denmark people use for hunting is the 338 Magnum. Yeah. Uh, the long distance caliber. Uh, there's actually um, more and more people start shooting, uh, shooting uh, uh, competitions, all that kind of stuff, you know, where they take your uh, rifle and make it look like a sniper and yeah. weighs 15 kilos and all that kind of stuff. And then there's a 6.5C six, six, Creedmoor and <laughs> there's no right kind or anything else. Uh, what about... But yeah, the typical caliber is 308, 1306, uh, yeah. 6.5.55 and a little bit similar to New Zealand and Australian, I think. Yeah. 270 and that kind of stuff. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, um, beautiful. What about pistol, like handgun ownership? What's what's that over there like? You have to get a special yeah, license. Yeah, that's a special permit. Yeah, a you very can, you, special permit. And yeah. you, you, you can have one, but that's also something, I heard about something, you have to have the gun the first year at a, at a clubhouse yeah, or something yeah, exactly. like that. Yeah, you have that. to be in, uh, in a clubhouse yeah. where you can shoot with some guns. Where you can shoot, shoot on, yeah. on, the, on the targets and then you can have it home with you, but... I've never heard of someone no, uh, have a, a pistol in, in our friend. No. Uh, you can use it for, uh, for anything, only to shoot at some targets. Yeah. Uh, it's more like when you're in Australia and you go to the wild balls or something and you have something to finish them off. Yeah. I think it's so more there you can use it. We can't use handguns here. Um, there's special circumstances where station owners can have handguns, but that's... You know, you can use them for target shooting, and that's about all here in Australia. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it sounds like you guys are very similar to my understanding of what England's um, firearm laws and hunting kind of setup is. Is that have you guys hunted England or no? No, I want to. Yeah, they have uh, uh, munchak and yeah. Chinese water there. Yeah, it's like a, if you take like 
have you seen have i shared the pictures of the rodeos yes yes i've seen seen yeah. a bunch of them on and, your instagram and if you if, if we take a rodeo and just uh make it smaller yeah two times smaller <laughs> and give it a big uh Bangs. canine teeth yeah that's uh, a chinese chinese water there <laughs> yeah they're, they're a cool looking species i love my deer yeah. species but yeah that's yeah, I got a friend who was hunting last year or two yeah, years ago. Yeah, Munchak, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful country to hunt in. Looked yeah. like a beautiful country. Looked like a beautiful country, yeah. He has never been in New Zealand. So. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long have you guys roughly been hunting for then? Uh, 12, 13 years. And then, I think I've been yeah, seven years, I think. That's many years. <laughs> so, yeah, many years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm. I met all uh, you guys and. Uh, yeah. Said so you have to take the license. Yeah, you have too. to take the license and <laughs> okay, I do it and now yeah. That's awesome. I love it. And yeah. Judging by your photos, you guys do it. You travel a bit hunting. Where Where do you guys go hunting apart from just Denmark? I've been in. We've both been in Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been in been Germany and Poland and New Zealand this yeah. this year. Yeah. I've been in I think I've been in Poland maybe ten times or something. Eight or ten times. Red stack, fellow deer, Sika. Driven hunt. Yeah. Robux. Seeker. They're one of my favorite uh, deer species. Oh. <laughs> It's just when you whistle them in, and I think I shot two stacks, and both of them were not more than 20 to 25 meters away. And I caught them in. It was just, ooh, yeah, hair I, was rising all over yeah, the body. Yeah. I bow hunted them in the rut um, in New Zealand oh. on the North Island a few years back. I was unsuccessful. Um, I missed, yeah. missed three deer with a bow and then turned down no. a, a nice stag oh. with a rifle at 80 yards. I missed him with a bow and my mates handed me the rifle and pulled him up and I've raised the rifle and put the scope on him and it was the first morning of the hunt and I've gone to pull the trigger and I've just handed him back the rifle. I'm like, no, nah, I can't do it. It's too, yeah. too easy. <laughs> and I, 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 re I regret that to this day and that was almost seven <laughs> years ago. I understand. Can't imagine that. And yeah, I, I missed a stag with a bow, a hind with a bow, and a yearling with a bow, and it was just. Oh. But it was amazing hunting. It's 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 cool cool area to hunt them, and I've got an obsession with them now. So I have to get back and redeem myself. <laughs> how how are they in New Zealand? Oh, it was in New Zealand you hunted them. Yeah, in the oh, North yeah. Island. The North Island. Yeah, it's a is it like a full winter coat in the rut down there, or they still got the little little bit of the summer coat? Uh, it should be f almost full winter coat coming in now because it's yeah. coming into it's it's winter in in the southern hemisphere. So yeah, yeah, down there. So it's like when totally black animal, but just yeah. if they're in the shadow or standing still, you can't see them. Just, yeah, where is it? <laughs> where where we were like, hunting oh. them is basically rainforest, so they were that hard yeah. to see. Oh. But, you pretty much got yeah, them coming, like coming in from the field into the forest, and that was the only time you could see them. Um, other than that, yeah. they were just ghosts. They're they're a small deer, and they're just insanely, insanely well hidden in that that terrain. Yeah. So, what are your bread and butter species in Denmark? What are you chasing? You said you got roe deer, roe deer, fellow deer, 
Sika. Yeah, we have Sika, but not, not many not places. Many, yeah. I think totally in Denmark every year they shoot around 700 Sikas. Yeah, not much. Uh, it's, it's not for everybody. Some big castles around in Denmark, they have them, but it's it's not for everybody. No. We, go, we get more and more red deers here on the West yeah. Coast. Yeah, uh, I think the population out on the west are well over five thousand species. Yeah, yeah, just here. Yeah, just here, yeah. and they spread every year. Yeah, we can see. I can see on on, on my hunting ground, uh, and we, we get more and more uh, for every year. The the ghosts, the tracks everywhere, and mm. you can see in the rut time where they are, where they're going. And actually, also a fellow there I saw two yesterday when I was robot hunting. Oh, okay, nice. So, I hope they are there for the <laughs> for the autumn hunt. <laughs> That's awesome. So, what what type of land are you hunting? Are you hunting private land over there, or is there hunting specific yeah, properties? That's the shitty part of Denmark. Yeah. I mean, we are gonna tell you now, Zach. There's there's no nothing. There's no yeah. public land in Denmark. No. Yeah. Only, uh, only private only land. Only private land. Yeah. And the farmers have learned over the years that uh, if you have red deer on your land, people are willing to pay a hell of a, a lot Not more, more for yeah. it than if there's no red deer on it. Yeah. So if they are driving around and see some big red stacks and the next man come knocking on the door, hey, I want to hunt here. Yeah, yeah. you got money. Yeah. <laughs> Is it all pay to play over there or are, are yeah. you just forming relationships with farmers over there? Sometimes you can be lucky, and if you see a farmer going outside the house, and you stop up and say, "Hey, any hunters going around going around on your land?" and he said no, and you can sit down and drink a beer with him and have a little chat, and maybe you can make a solution on it. Yep, yeah. So similar here in um, where I am in South Australia, right in the the middle of Australia, but down the bottom, um, we have no public land here either. So it is going around door knocking on private properties, asking for access, and that's that's yeah. the only land you have to hunt. Um, we've got good populations of fallow deer in South Australia. Um, there's decent red populations in certain areas, um, but we have five of the six deer species in south australia we've got one area in south australia called we call it the southeast um of the state and there's like a big privately owned game hunting ranch there and they've got poor fences so they've introduced all these deer species and over time they've got out and bred up outside of the fence so in south australia in that area you can find chittle or axis deer you can find samba you can find rooster deer fallow reds and um there's been rumors of um, hog deer, but there's not many of them in that that area. Oh, I would like a hog deer. <laughs> Samba is my favorite. Uh, also. Uh, well, you fellas need to get down to Victoria then, because both of you would be able to get. Did, a did you all also hear the invitation we just yeah. got from? <laughs> <laughs> so Victoria, there's plenty of public land. It's almost like New Zealand. You can just go out and hunt Samba any time of year, um, free yeah. range. And then hog deer, you have to tag. So um, I believe April is the, the time you can actually hunt them under tag. But then there's also a hog deer ballot where you can draw a tag and you can hunt yeah. them um, in a certain couple of balloted areas. So you draw the area and you draw the certain time. They'll say, all right, you've drawn for Snake Island from February 
this date to February. That date's about four and a half days, and you, that's how how long you have to get it done, and you get a tag. Okay. Oh. Like the tar ballots in New Zealand. Yeah, it's very Almost. very similar. But yeah, they tell you nice. the date, the time that you have to be there. You have to be rock up for the information sent like lesson first, and then you're yeah. you're off to go get one. So I drew that for February this year for Snake Island and managed a nice little yeah, you also got one on, on Instagram. Yeah, so I was I was pretty happy with that. Uh, they're one of the hardest species in Oz Oz to get, so I've got that out the way now. But yeah, we've we're lucky. We've got good populations of those those five of the six species all around Oz. So you know, and they can be found all through Oz from Queensland. You get the Axis and the Chittle and the Rusa, and then as you start going down, you get start getting Reds and Fallow, and then Victoria is the best state for Samba. Nice. How is it in Australia when when you just roll up to a farmer's house and ask if you can rent the land for hunting, or, it's, or how is it work? It's more like, uh, do you do you have someone here controlling um, introduced species, foxes, rabbits, hares, um, deer, goats, pigs? Um, you know, you ask, you start off small, asking if they you can shoot rabbits or hares and foxes because that's usually the the biggest issues that farmers have, and then you work yeah, your way. Course. You, you know, you start finding deer and whatever on the properties and you're like, oh, what about, There's I've seen deer on your property, can I hunt them? And they're like, yes, no, we've already got people here hunting them. So it, it kind of chops and changes, you know. Some people offer money for to hunt, some people offer beer, um, some people offer half of the animal. So it, 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 it all depends and changes depending what the farmer wants, whether they hunt or yeah. whether they have family that hunts. So, yeah. But yeah, I've got but also a, big land uh, the farmers have down there, isn't it? Yeah, so one of the properties I have is about a thousand, maybe eleven hundred acres for fallow, um, and that's <laughs> that's that's a pretty small farm. Um, <laughs> but it's all it's it's all open farmland, so it's they graze sheep yeah, and they've yeah. got cattle on it. So there's only a few areas on the property that the deer run through. Um, yeah. And it, if you're there when when they're rutting, you know they'll be holding does in those certain areas. But other than that, you know, if you go out spotlighting for foxes and you run across deer, we can shoot them under spotlight here in South Australia because they are. A, classes of pest species so we can shoot them under light which i don't tend to do unless i need meat and then you know one of the other properties i have is about 80 acres and it's just dense scrub and yeah it's it's so hard to hunt and i dedicate that to yeah. being my bow hunting but it's only a paradise. Uh, it, it is but it's not like the genetics you guys have we've got lof- lots no. of clefts in the antlers and missing tines and the genetics here are nothing like they are in europe Oh, okay. <laughs> I was naked. Yeah, I think if the average size of a hunting land uh, in Denmark is 20 to 30 acres or yeah, something. I think, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I have, I, have, I, have, yeah. I have 200 hectares to hunt on. That's pretty big. But yeah, the big, 100, big it's yeah, 190 of them is just pure uh, fields. Yeah. Maize and corns and grass. Yeah, it all depends on whereabouts in the state you are. But, you know, like my stepdad, he grew up on a farm that was 40,000 acres. Um, wow. But that doesn't have much. It, you know, 
you got rabbits, hares, and foxes, and that's about all in that type of deserty farming area. But you know yeah. where the deer mainly are. The properties aren't. You know, you're looking at a couple thousand acres for a few of them. Maybe, maybe there there might be some ten thousand ish acres, but where the main majority of the deer are, it's it's pretty hard to get access down there. You have to know yeah. someone or be related to someone, and even then, it can be pretty pretty hard to gain access. Wow. So, do you guys? How many species all up of animals do you guys have to hunt in Denmark? I've, I've never shot a Danish red deer, actually. No, I've only shot a uh, roebuck. Yeah. Yeah, roe deer. Roe deer. Fox. I've shot fallow deer. Uh, foxes. Foxes, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's also, you, you need to be where where the, where the butter is before you can get it on the bread because the, 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 what you can, the species are quite localized somewhere. Yeah, and they stay around a certain yeah, places. Yeah, and many times when you rent a land, uh, the farmer says the red deer are here sometimes, but only sometimes. And when we first rented the, the fields out uh, just out of town, he said, yeah, they're here, but it's maybe one or twice a year. And last autumn I was out with a friend uh, hunting for crows, and there was a six-pointer red stacks coming, running uh, towards the fields. And that was the chance. If I was sitting in my high seat with my <laughs> rifle, I would have got it. That, that was the single chance of the whole year but you, you had. For, but you, you went for grouse. Yeah, with yeah. the shotgun. <laughs> so so it's, is that majority of the hunting that you're doing, you're hunting from like a high high chair, like kind of like a tree stand? Typical, yeah. Danish way to go. Uh, you are in a, in a high seat, a high tower, or something. Uh, just wait. Um, many people don't have uh, the land to 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 stalk on, and if maybe you only have five hectares of uh, forest, where you have uh, some some roads in the middle, when maybe three uh, angled roads yeah. from the high seat, and you can sit there, and that's the only thing you can do. Yeah. I'm just lucky. I have a little bit more, so I can walk around and and see what's going on. How long are you guys? How long are you guys sitting in a stand for? Are you just sitting in the morning, going off for lunch, and then coming back in the afternoon, or are you sitting all day? Or no, 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 oh. not not the whole day. Well, the... Two hours in the morning, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and around two hours. That, and and the same in the in the evening. Compare if you take Denmark and compare it to many other of the European countries, the uh, the population of animals are not so close as in other countries if you take for example poland for robux you can maybe see a, a nice six pointer on what uh, on the cornfield and next to the cornfield is a, uh, a grass field or something and maybe there are two robux more yeah, there yeah. and maybe some, then there are three empty fields and then there's a new one so more localized uh, closer uh, in population in, in other european countries yeah. compared to denmark and so you start. You actually start in the spring to March or April to see if you have a good roebuck on your land because they are territorial, and they will hunt other smaller roebucks away. So you need to find uh, one you want to shoot, and then you have to hope that he's there the 16th of May, or maybe the neighbor will get him. <laughs> yeah. How do they uh, manage? 
manage deer populations in Denmark? What's the conservation on on deer there? They make the conservation with the hunting times we have. It's not like Australia or New Zealand that you can hunt all year round. It's like I said from from the start that you have 14 days on on fallow stacks. And that's the same as uh, we have the ruts for red stacks is from, it's, it starts in late August and go the whole of September. Yeah. And the hunting period is from 1st of September and 15 days ahead. And then there's a pause for a month and then it's, it starts again. So the prime time for the rut is uh, uh, absolutely no hunting on big red stacks. You can shoot hinds. No, no, hinds is October. You should calves, calves, yeah, and spikers, yeah. But the the big one, big one has uh, to do their thing in in yeah. the running time. Yeah, yeah, crazy. But, yeah. but um, at the end of all hunting, you have to send uh, you send in how much you have shot, yeah, and how big it was, and how many years, and exactly, and then they can calculate but out the, how much. If if yeah. if you know, I'm going hunting first uh, of September, and there come ten red stacks running on my fields and I can just empty my magazine and shoot five of them and no, no one can say anything to me about it. So there's no, there's, age, not, there's no age of the deer that you have to specifically target. It's all self-control and no, that type of thing. No, no. Just, yeah, yeah, self-controlling. Yeah. And that's also, it's a good thing and also a bad thing because some people shoot a lot. Yeah. Uh, but also many places where they have some, uh, some big groups renting maybe 500 hectares. They say, okay, from, a nine pointer and up, we can shoot, and from under, we cannot shoot. Yeah. So you also may have to make your own restrictions and say, okay, if I want the big trophy stack, I let the spikers and the six pointers and eight pointers go. Yeah, that's understandable. And see if there comes something uh, yeah. something good up. That's that's somewhat similar to here. So for people listening who don't know much about Denmark, how big is Denmark roughly? Like, if you're driving from one side to the other, how long is it? kind of taking three hours uh, yeah <laughs> three and a half three hours. hours we live on the west coast and if we have to drive to the east coast about three hours yeah drive to copenhagen we have the the jugland is uh the mainland and i think it take one hour from from ah uh, one and a half if you take from uh, the western yeah. point to yeah. the eastern point yeah but if you drive from our city that's a little bit i think we are 30 kilometers in from the west coast and drive to Copenhagen is about three hours, three, three and a half, yeah. some, something uh, there between. So we, we are six times smaller than New Zealand. Yeah, that's crazy. With more hunters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 44,000 square kilometers. I think we are. Yeah, I don't know that. That's insane. The state that I live, yeah. South Australia, um, from the, the capital city, Adelaide, it's four hours to Victoria, roughly. Yeah. Um, and then if you go the other way to Western Australia, it's about 15, 16 hours to get into the yeah. next state. And then... Yeah, Australia is the same size <laughs> as uh, Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's nuts just to realize how... And what's the population of Denmark, roughly? Five, five, five and, and a half, half million, million yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. So my state, South not the biggest country in the world. <laughs> no, not the biggest. So my state. I think you have you have lakes in Australia that are bigger than Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> would would not surprise me. I think in South Australia we have about one point two, one point three million people in the whole of South Australia. Wow. 
<laughs> so it's a very small hunting population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you see 5 million people and 180,000 hunters on a land that's six times smaller than New Zealand with no public land, yeah, yeah. it gets some pressure on it in some certain kind of way. That's nuts. Uh, so what started getting you guys to hunt into like different countries and how do you go about hunting those different countries? Do you have to sit different education courses and hunting courses for those or... I think that's... No, you just uh, if you go to Poland, you just have to get a permission. Uh, we call it a, I think it's a voucher yeah. uh, yeah. that you're coming to hunting on this hunting club, and you're going to hunt red stacks, for example. Yeah, but you have to get a, a internet. Uh, yeah, the a, European, a, a European weapon, uh, weapon license, uh, weapon yeah. passport. Yeah, passport. Yeah. Well, uh, your numbers from your rifle are, and as also available for is it ten years or something? Yeah, yeah. Five or ten years, I can't. I can't remember. It. And then you can cross the borders with your weapons without going to the border control. Yeah. So if if the police stops you and say you got weapons in the car, say yeah, and I have all my papers. You have your permits and your weapons passport, and then there's no worries. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. So have you guys ran into any any issues while traveling interstate with? Or in, into different countries with rifles and that, or it's pretty. No, I once got a speeding ticket in Germany, and he could see we were all in camel clothes, and yeah. so that you got weapons in the car. So, yeah, we just finished three days of Bruman hunt in Poland. Oh, okay, and then I think we showed him showed him our weapons passport, but not the weapons, and then he just signed and everything was okay, and I paid my speeding ticket and went on. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So we just stopped for a pee break there. Sorry about that, boys. Um, so, yeah, you were saying you got stopped for a speeding fine in Germany and you are in full camo yeah. and stuff. Um, and uh, they saw the weapons passport and they didn't even, even see the weapons. It was just, okay, everything is under control. Signed the paper, got the money, out of the way. Yeah. That's awesome. So we awesome. never uh, experienced some, no. some issues uh, when we you drive to Sweden and... Not One of our friends has like a big American uh, pickup truck and <laughs> two young guys with a camel hat come rolling in, uh, V8s, and they oh, where are you guys going? Uh, hunting wild boars. <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice. Good luck, good luck. <laughs> so the hunting so, culture, yeah. it's not very big, but what's the perception over there? When you tell people you guys hunt, is it like a common thing or people are like, oh, why do you hunt? Are you explaining yourself much why you hunt or... No. I think that's a common thing. Yeah, it's a common thing here where, where we live. I think if yeah. you go to, to the big cities, it's more like, why are you doing that? Why are you hurting the animals? Yeah. Uh, but here, and then they go buy the chicken in the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I, but no hunting has been a big part of Denmark uh, here in in Western Jutland for yeah, well, whole whole Jutland uh, for many many years, and all the farmers used to 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 hunt for, for ducks back in the days, ducks and geese, because this was a little bit more available than red deer, for example, was 30, 30 years ago. That's awesome. Uh, when you hear the stories awesome. from one of our friends, uh, grandfather, Vaughn, uh, uh, when he tells the stories back from the days when they're shooting <laughs> ducks at the coast. And, uh, it's madness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just not another time. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, yeah another time. 
What about when it comes to pro- processing deer and the other game species that you guys hunt? Are you guys doing it all yourself or are you taking it to a butcher to process and make some? I'm educated uh, butcher. He's a butcher. So, uh... Butcher and so, a yeah, chef. I, I, do, I do it myself. That's awesome. And That's uh, awesome. I got some contacts so we can get uh, some uh, salamis and uh, sausages. sausages to, to the yeah, grill. and. Like that. But if it's just the, the main pieces, uh, backstraps and all that kind of stuff, I'd do everything myself. So being a chef and then hunting wild game quite a bit, what is your favorite thing to cook with wild game? Fallow deer, Fallow 100%. Deer. Yeah, 100%. What type of dishes are you? Oh, it's, yeah. What type of dish is the favorite? <laughs> I think backstrap on the pan. Mushrooms, garlic, uh, rosemary, uh, red wine, some uh, fresh potatoes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. Uh, oh. that is good. Yeah, nice and simple. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. Nice and simple, sometimes yeah. you don't have to do all like YouTube stuff. You see, you do that and uh, use five hours. Keep it simple and 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 do your own thing and try something new. Sometimes uh, maybe it will be a uh, the best you ever tasted. You never Sometimes know. Sometimes you don't have to make a sauce because the meat, it's yeah, it's so tender. It's so tender and yeah, yeah. And good. Yeah, and just just the taste from fellow deer is just amazing. Yeah, see that we got it in New Zealand. Yeah, that, that, that was a red deer. We shot a calf and uh, yeah. and took some meat and roasted it when we got it back to the hut. Yeah, that's best uh, lunch I ever got. <laughs> it, it, it was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. In Australia and New Zealand, fallow deer for majority of hunters are rated pretty low eating. So that's that's surprising hearing that it's your okay. your favorite over there. Um, where okay. do you how do you rate your deer species that you have? So fallow deer being the highest. What's next? What's the lowest? I never taste sika. Uh, I've tasted sika once in Poland, and that was. Actually, also pretty good. I think fallow deer and my next species is red deer. Uh, I got surprised uh, last year on my birthday. I took some game meat up from the freezer, some fallow deer, and there were some other things. And said, well, what is this? And I took it out and put it on the grill and it was the breast meat from a goose. Okay. And I just roasted it. <laughs> hard heating, uh, five minutes on each side. A little bit of uh, red in the middle. Perfect. Sounds I took I took a piece of fallow deer and a piece of goose and gave it to my father. They tasted it. Say, wow, this fallow deer is great. And <laughs> the, one of them was uh, goose breast. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, that's great. Where do roe deer rate? Where do you rate roe deer? It's it's a little bit more complicated because roe deer is a little bit more uh, like, like a, a, a game. game yeah. yeah, it's a little more game taste in it. Yeah, and uh, not it, roe deer are not <laughs> for everybody. Are I they, think for either you like it or you not like it. Are they similar to say like a hare? Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quite the same way we're going now. Not as the same as a hare, but, but uh, it it can get a, very wild in in the in the yeah, taste. In the taste, yeah. See, that's that's funny. The reason why reds and fallow are rated one of the least favorite deer species here is because of that strong flavor that people refer to as gamey, where the okay. the, the favorite species here, uh, hog deer, hog deer's 
rated the highest eating species and it's very yeah. bland there's almost no favor flavor and it's very like there's no natural flavor so that's why people rate it so highly because it's got nothing where me i love reds and fallow for that strong venison flavor you know exactly. I've, yeah. exactly. I've got german ancestors so i reckon that's where that comes from i've had a podcast with a fella that guides hunts in bulgaria and he's done quite a bit of hunting over there and he said that um german and a lot of those eastern european countries they quite rate the red deer and fallow deer because of that gamey well not gamey but that strong venison flavor so it's it's, yeah. it, it's interesting to hear you guys say that because it's been the ongoing theory on the podcast for the last few episodes talking yeah. to people but I think also when if you serve a dish with roe deer for non-hunters and they are used to buy beef meat and all the kind of stuff from the, from the supermarket where the taste intensity is low and they get yeah. something uh, the, that's taste, uh, a tasting. hell of a lot more yeah. uh, game uh, uh, taste in it. There's a, like, oh, this is a little bit too much. Is there also yes. like a commercial sector yeah. for wild game over there? So chatting to um, a couple of hunters who live over here, but they grew up in England. Um, you have a lot of the the game parks or whatever they call it, where they sell the venison and that to a commercial sector. Do you guys have that over there as well? Or is it all just privately done? I actually uh, talked to my neighbor here two days ago. I was unpacking the car after a hunting trip. And he's uh, 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 not an old man, but an older man uh, now. And he got some issues with his lungs. And he said that uh, out in a town, I think it's 20 kilometers from here, he started uh, a deer farm in the 80s when he started hunting with all his uh, friends. He said, uh, and that was the time in New Zealand where it was uh, uh, very popular to have the game farms and start the management for, for tourist hunting. And they say, oh, we got some uh, red stacks and some hinds and we sold some to the parks and sometimes we shot one. And uh, <laughs> it says, uh, But you, you don't hear too much about the deer farms. Oh. They are here, but it's not much. Well, so can you sell wild so, game over there? Because England, you can, yeah, we you have can some, sell wild We have some butchers that are uh, buying game meat, uh, roe deers <clears throat> and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But... Yeah, you see sometimes in the supermarkets there uh, are uh, red deers from uh, castle or something. Yeah, uh, when it's the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's not it's not typical. Go buying uh, yeah. red deer meat in, in the supermarkets is not. No. But many people want it. Many if you many uh, friends that non hunters say, hey, if you shoot one in the autumn, can I have a piece and can I find an animal? And yeah. uh, I also think there's is some restrictions about. I think you making can sell. Uh, you can't you can't sell it actually. Oh, you can't go out and just shoot and then sell it to other people. Yeah, if if you sell it for doing a uh, like what you can say a black business. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's illegal. Yeah. But I think there's nothing wrong if you have a backstrap over and. So, okay, yeah. two bottles of red wine, we make a, a trade and, and this yeah, is... Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what about, like, offal? Are you guys eating heart and uh, liver and kidneys and stuff like that as well? Are you utilizing that or...? Never tried it. I eat everything. You eat everything? 
<laughs> that's the genes of the Fair Islands. Yeah, yeah. survival. <laughs> yeah, survival. <laughs> but but no, I actually, if I said to myself last year, if I shoot a fellow there next year, I want to take the heart. I tasted a red stag heart. Yeah. Uh, with some sauce, uh, it's really good. Yeah. 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 I'm... We have to make old scene in the kitchen yeah, and uh, <laughs> a heart of a red stag. Yes, a, a big, big one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, heart's heart's definitely beautiful. It's 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 one of my favorite eating muscles. That's for sure. It's one of the first things I cook up. I'll get a tenderloin and heart and cut it up with garlic and chili and mushrooms oh, and onion yeah. and you know I'll I'll go out for a morning hunt if I shoot a a fallow. That's yeah the first thing I do as soon as I get home. Tenderloin cut okay. up, heart cut up, chili, yeah. garlic, yeah. onion, mushroom, and yeah, just oh, fry nice. it all up. We have to try it. Yeah, we have then we we'll make some certain dishes and send some pictures to stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I love seeing seeing food. Foods. I'm not a chef. I'm not a great cook, but I love cooking. <laughs> Even yeah, more so with, with wild yeah. and caught game. You love to eat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I've got a belly, and that's why I struggled in the hills in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, we heard a little about you had some hard time doing the mountains in New Zealand. <laughs> Uh, we ate pretty good um, those fellas that yeah. I was hunting with they'd been there for a couple of weeks so they already had a bunch of venison and rabbit and everything in the yeah. in the coolers ready to go so as soon as we got into the camp we are eating venison steaks and uh, I cooked them up some Kentucky fried rabbit and like all of them had never had that before so they were pretty yeah. stoked on that yeah. we also got the king meal at uh, Stephen's house in New yeah. Zealand with uh, we uh we had a guide the first five days down there for a tar hunt. And we was in one of the eastern valleys and you shot one we didn't find. Yeah. And I shot the ten and a half inch and we shot some nannies and some kid, uh, uh, yeah. And then the bad weather was closing in, so we had to get out. And we came to Stephen's house in the middle of the night, totally exhausted. And then the day after we went for our power ramps and the evening was just totally head shave, uh, head shave, uh, mecca, butcher house, uh, red wine, and yeah. three or four different kinds of meat. And Stephen also have been a head chef at his own restaurant. So I stand, was standing butchering the meat, and he was there was flames and everything. Yeah, <laughs> everything. yeah. we drank a lot of red wine that evening. <laughs> so let's just jump back a second. How did New Zealand yeah. come about? How how did you go organizing it? How did you book it? And then yeah, where where'd you go from there? And let's hear the whole rundown. You asked me, yeah, if I want. It started to like a like a boy dream. Uh, I think I started hearing about New Zealand. It's maybe fifteen years ago. Uh, I was on a uh, like a small education for young uh, fishermen. Uh, uh, mm. Well, I was living a week at a school and we was learning about how to learn other people about uh, fishing trouts and salmons and all of the kind of stuff. And I was also, uh, always Wednesday evening, I was a uh, uh, friend night where two uh, guys were coming in and telling about a big fishing holiday. And I think two times I heard about fishing in New Zealand. And it was just, you know, uh, two guys living in the back of the van and... Uh, fishing for three months and always been a dream to come to New Zealand. And then we got the hunting license and we got old. And then I started hearing about Freddie Wolf, the Fred the Dane, 
and uh, it was a hunting paradise down there. And you can go hunting on public land for $25. And I was just start thinking, maybe you should just try to take a month out of the calendar and just yeah, go out. screw it and have some fun. Yeah, try yeah. it. Go hunt. And then I said to Boogie, I'm start planning a New Zealand trip now. And I think it's a, it's a good idea to be a, maybe two or three guys down there in the mountain. And so, he just said straight away, so, I'm in. What year did you start planning that? Was it? 19? Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Early, early 2019, we were yeah. buying backpacks and gear. And we bought the flight tickets, uh, booked the guide. The car. A uh, car was booked, yeah. uh, our rental car, and I was packing my backpack. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, the news in the television were in the background, and our prime minister was walking around. Uh, Denmark is closing down oh, as the sorry. rest of the world. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm unpacking again. <laughs> uh, so you that was in 2020, of course, because you, of the coronavirus. Yeah, you plan to go then, and then every the, yeah. world, the world shut down, unfortunately. Yeah. So, and Pierre was writing us, can you come now? Can you unbook, uh, <laughs> uh, change the flights and just come now and we can make the hunt? And <laughs> luckily we didn't do it because we would have uh, landed in New Zealand and New Zealand was shut down and we were just been caught down yeah, there. One month in the house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we just start planning again for 2021. Also unsuccessful. <laughs> 2022, unsuccessful. Yeah. And then... No restrictions, nothing. 2023. Buy the tickets. Buy the tickets. <laughs> Everything was up and we were straight away. Yeah. I was so nervous until we landed in Christchurch. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, wow, now we're here. So what? But yeah, do, what... I've been using 200 hours in front of my computer, just planning uh, spots and watching videos and taking notes. It's, wow. So did you guys use like Instagram and Facebook to connect with other hunters down there? Not just guides, but just other hunters that are yeah. hunted New Zealand? I find some other Danish guys that were hunting down there, but it's also if 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 a stranger comes to you and, and asks for your favorite spot now, you will not give it to him because ah, oh, I don't know what you can do with a rifle in there. Now and, I'm probably going, going to put understand his... people that, that way. I'm prob- and then I... What did you say, Sike? I was just about to say, I was prob- probably going to butcher his name, but is it Yurik? Yurik? Um, I think that's one of our, no, our mutual... No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, then I was surfing across Instagram, and I found a guy <laughs> named Ryan Hart. Yep. And I could see he was uh, a, a hunter, and he hunted a lot in uh, in, in the South Island of New Zealand. I think, oh, fuck it, I'm, I'm writing a message. And it's just, you know, I'm coming to New Zealand and blah, blah, blah. And maybe you can help us. And he said, yeah, no problem. Tell, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're going to do and how you're hunting. Uh, it's XR and let's see if we can find something out. Mm. And <clears throat> I wrote a long message to him and said, for sure, I can help you guys what you need. <laughs> That's awesome. And I've That's been awesome. tearing him with messages for <laughs> two years. Uh, what about this? And uh, where are you? And uh, <laughs> our secret spot. And uh, you can try here. And uh, he gave us uh, uh, he gave us some good spots. And we we tried one of them our, after our guided hunt. And that was where I shot the 10-inch yeah, uh, chamois. Yeah. Mm. 
That's awesome. So and you... Boogie, uh, Boogie missed one, uh, almost same size. <laughs> uh, just, just, just for just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gone bright red there in the camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I only wanted the bull tar. Yeah. That was the, the, the main. It, it could be nice. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> so you guys. Now we have a roof to go next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys flew into Christchurch. What what date did you fly into Christchurch and then make your way down to where you guys hunted with the outfitter? Eleven of March we were landing. Yeah, we flew from Copenhagen. Nine of March. Yeah, we landed there. Two days uh, later. Yeah. Uh, also about the time zone and all the kind of stuff, but. Almost 30 hours to yeah. to get down under. Crazy. And then, yeah, and then our to... outfitter was picking us up at the airport. But first we have to go through the, the border control. One and a half hour we were sitting in chairs. Yes. <laughs> and St. Christians. Did you, I uh, think it's a good did, thing. Did you take your own rifles down there? or? No, we rented one. Uh, rented them? Yeah. Two more travel with a rifle. Yeah, it's just... The flight tickets will get more expensive and you have to go all the control and all that kind of stuff. And it could be nice with your own rifle, but the rifles down there get a beat down yeah. in the mountains. Yeah, so it's it just, okay, we, we rent one. The pair had, had some guns we couldn't rent and it was a Savage Arms 270 Winchester. It's beautiful gun. Yeah, it was did the, did the work. It did the work, yeah. So what species did you target with the outfitter? Tar, tar. tar. Yeah, awesome, awesome, man. But he also said if, if there suddenly is a tin, uh, ten point uh, red stack, we could shoot it. Also, it was no problem. But it was the tar we came for. Mm. And what outfitter did you guys go out with? Pierre Jacobson has uh, Viking guys. Okay, it's yeah. a Danish guy living down there. Been living there for nine, ten years. Uh, I think he got down there two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine. He moved down there with the with the wife yeah yeah i i actually looked up his his page today because a a fellow was asking about it um he's also under new zealand hunting safaris i believe as well yeah yep that's yeah, I think Vi- so. I think vikingguides.com dynamic yeah. danish owned guiding well, company. yeah he was an incredible guy and an incredible help to us yeah that's funny also to Stephen bradley <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. That's just fresh in my mind from looking it up because another guy that I was talking to was going down with him today. So I'd looked up his, and I just remember seeing the the Viking yeah. the Viking dot com. So that's that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, so you went and shot tar with him, um, and then did you say you went and got rams with him as well? Yeah, because of the bad weather in the the valley we were in, it was some serious serious. Uh, thunder coming in heavy rain we had five days in the mountains yeah and, and we were out after two and a half yeah because of the rain uh yeah no two days we were in a evening a whole day and a morning yeah then yeah. we have to move, move yeah. out because uh shitty weather was coming in yeah and then we were out for aeropire rams on a farm also uh a funny hunt yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> and we did some reloading and uh on some rifle bullets, and when then yeah. we went to a shooting field he had and preparing ourselves. Yeah, got yeah. ready. Got ready. Yeah, that's awesome. And then that's you went it. out for the. Did you say you went for chamois or tar? 
after that. Yeah, but first we had to get our rental car, and all our cars was uh, dismissed. At, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. We had to make a deposit on three thousand dollars. Yeah. Wow. And I was taking my card. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! Maybe this one. Eh. And I had three. Okay, the last one. Eh. Boogie, give me a credit card. <laughs> yeah. And then crazy. also we had the same bank, and five cars got dismissed. And I said, okay, we we need to make a solution here. And they said, can you call your banks? It's night in Denmark. Nobody's <laughs> working now. And saying, okay, can can we make uh, non-deposit slip or something? So I, he can make it to a thousand dollars but then we have to make 450 dollars in cash right now and i went out to steve and he was out in the car and said i'm here on my bleeding knees can you help us i can transfer the money as soon as my bank opened didn't mark you i just need a deposit slip for a thousand dollars i said yeah no worries beep rent the cars on yeah. says you are my man <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just straight to the mountain after that yeah that's great and then we went for our class and then I ran into you guys. It would have been yeah, late March. Um, can't remember what date, but yeah, you guys just happened yeah. to be passing through. We have, we have been we've been with the guide from 14 of March to 19 of March. Yeah, and then we had a sleepover in Pierre's apartment, and when we went to Arthur's place for around five days or something. Five days, yeah, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, four or five days, and yeah. then we had a Airbnb, and then like Bukaki. Yeah, and then so, yeah, suddenly there was uh, three guys uh, <laughs> knocking on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> yeah, so that was that was pretty funny, and yeah, we we hit the hills um, near Lake Tikapo. After that, went out behind there and seen quite a few tar and red deer, but they were all on a uh, private property. I I ended up shooting yeah. a a young nanny. Um, so that, that was good just to get the tar off, off the back. And then we got that snowstorm that you guys, in, did you guys encounter that too? You get, yeah, we were on the way home. On the way home. Yeah. It comes. <laughs> it, it was lucky. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly in the car, just snowing. Yeah. It was a oh, snowstorm the, uh, yeah. almost. Yeah, it was. So you, you also got to find the bull tar sack. Yes. On the, the last morning of the last hunt. We, um, oh, oh. Yeah, nice. Perfect situation. We came off the mountain during that snowstorm, got back to the car. The car stopped working, like it wouldn't start. So froze it was frozen like water in the in the fuel line. And, you know, by the time we got everything sorted, the four of us ended up sleeping in the car that night because all of our tents and stuff were wet. So we slept in the car, the four of us, one in the front seat, uh, one in the driver's seat, one in the passenger seat, and then two in the back seat with all of our gear as well because it was raining. And then the next morning we played around. None of us are mechanics. I'm not very good with cars. Neither were any of the other guys. But, you know, our collective knowledge of nothing managed to get the car working. Um, Otherwise it would have been about, I think, about 750 bucks or maybe more for someone to come out and give us a hand. Um, wow. Those, <laughs> those fellas had been hunting for about similar time as you guys have had, and they got bogged out in a similar area. So the car got bogged out in mud, and they had to get someone to come out, and it was about 750 maybe more, to, for someone to come and pull them out. So they, they were pretty spewing on that. But, yeah, we went back in, yeah. stayed at the hostel the next the next night, Dried all of our stuff in the hostel's drying room and 
went out and had a had a dinner. Funnily enough, I had venison. Most of us had venison in the in the restaurant. <laughs> but yeah, we went out to an, another spot the next night, and um, yeah, ended up sealing the deal on a lone ball tar the next next morning. It was just perfect, crazy but awesome. Um, I think he went ten point nine inches, about seven and a half year old. So I was I was pretty happy with that. Ah, perfect, perfect. It was yeah, in cra- crazy hunt. Um, how was the terrain for you guys? Uh, what type of terrain are you guys hunting in at home and when you're traveling <laughs> and versus New flat. Zealand? Yeah, <laughs> Denmark, it's, it's flat, uh, like a pancake. Yeah, so to come to New Zealand, the first week it was tough. My legs were uh, dead, <laughs> but yeah, when you walk into mountains, you get used, used to it. Yeah. So. After two weeks, uh, you yeah. can you can feel the we were it used to fine. it now. Yeah, yeah. But the first week it was uh, hell. The climate is crazy to get used to, just acclimatizing. Like I would take two steps and spend a minute breathing to try and catch my breath. Yeah. <laughs> know the feeling, bro. Know the feeling. <laughs> and then when you walk with a guide, he just walks. And you're, oh, yeah, we have to follow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Jürgen, who I was hunting with, um, he's, he's in New Zealand. He was actually born in South Africa, but moved to New Zealand when he was quite young. But he's just like a billy goat. He mo- he moves through those mountains like a tar moves through those mountains. Yeah. Jumping up. And ha- how did you go, guys go with all the spiky, um, the spiky bushes, like the Spaniards oh. and stuff? Oh, my head. A lot of swelling was uh, falling apart. <laughs> the Spa- you meet the Spanish bastards. Yeah, the, yeah. the Spaniards. Yeah, <laughs> those those big green broad leaf. Oh, not the, the Spaniards. The Spanish bastards. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's the Spanish bastards. Yeah, and then Mac- Macron. Macron. What was the, the one with the spikes on? Madagascar. Like like Mad- a bush. Yeah, Mad- Madagascar. Yeah. yeah, some something like that. Madagari. 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 Yeah, I think something like that. And the lawyer wine that you know that uh, stick to the clothes and you can almost not get off it. It's like a lawyer. If you yeah, first are yeah, in the yeah. hand, you can't get from it. <laughs> oh, man. I, I spent the next week when I got home just pushing all the little splinters out of my legs. I had all these little pus, pus spots all over my legs. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have much spiky terrain like that? Do you have spiky bushes and... <laughs> <laughs> like Bukagi, it was it was a hell. It's actually uh, it's actually now it's a good story. But when we went home that night, I was <laughs> close just to lay down and die. Yeah. <laughs> because when uh, the spot we went to was not far from the statue, and there was a spot we got from a local uh, guide in uh, Christchurch. Yeah, and we got to the hut and uh, said, "Okay, we." I'm gonna go along from here that this evening, but gonna hunt in in the small valley we was in uh, near the hut. We could see some fellow deers on the other side where it was private land. Yeah, and we heard some red stacks, and then the next day we should try to go to the top of the plateau and yeah. hunt down a valley, down the valley there, yeah. uh, next to where we were living. We have heard there was a lot of bull tar in there. And then when when Boogie missed his one with the on the guided tour, we need to to find a, a bull tar for him. 
and the, the the locals said that oh there's a road you can go alongside all the way to the top and we didn't know that and okay <laughs> if it's, it doesn't feel right we find found a road and walk maybe 200 meters says it doesn't feel right and there was private land on the right side we, we found out it was fenced uh private land but then we went straight through the forest uphill it was totally disaster uh, living nightmare yeah. yeah and we got up to uh the top and 23 uh, degrees uh, we that a, day. We shot a wallaby. Yeah, we shot a wallaby on the way up. On the way up, yeah. Uh, and we got to the top and we heard it's the last hour of the day that's the best down in the valley. So we were waiting on the top and looking out for some red deers and we heard some hinds and cows running from us but did not see them. And then the last two hours we was just sitting down, spotting down in that valley. And we have been spotting for, what, 10 minutes and Boogie is just up. I can see a tar. I said, fuck no, where is it? Yeah, I'm and, there. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to try go down. And then there was bull tar and two nannies. And we went, I think, 100 meters down. It was maybe three or 400 meters deep that way. Yeah. And we went 100 meters down, start scouting again. And it went into some close bush. And... Did that with the spikes on? Yeah. And... Uh, a little bit to the left, and we could start. Oh, there's uh, another tower over there. Oh, there's five more there, yeah, and uh, down there. And suddenly, we have I think 10 or, or 15 towers within a range of 500 meters. And we should try to get along with all that sticky stuff. And the, the tower makes some tunnels in it, so we have to take our backpacks off and crawl under it and uh, take the yeah. backpack and the rifle. And, uh, and we found a good bull tower. I think it was three or four hundred meters out. And we were walking alongside the creek now, almost. And then Boogie just stops. There's one there on the right. And it was 225 meters out. Yeah, something like that. And we got in in 180 meters. And then I prepared the backpack. And Boogie had all the time in the world up with the rifle and said, take your time, take your time. And it was standing a little bit with an angle, you know, not clear broadside and said shoot it just up on the right front leg and you will it will go down straight away and he sent the bullet and the tar just disappeared says fuck yeah you got it you got it <laughs> and then it pops up again and start looking fuck it give it another one <laughs> boom disappear again yeah and then i just see it runs into the bushes and then the, the, you can tell about the nightmare <laughs> yeah i i shot it and yeah we saw it fell down yeah. and it you can see the scrub, all the bushes go. Uh... Didn't look so close. It yeah, exactly. Looked like you can walk in it. Then I thought, okay, I will run up because the clock was a little bit late. Yeah. I have to run if I can see it, but maybe we can yeah. go back and find it in the morning yeah. after. But some some places it was so close the bush you can't go through it. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Boogie was up and then he disappeared and come up again. I was yeah. I was guiding him <laughs> so, on the right, further up, further up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see anything, anything no, no blood, no nothing. Blood, nothing. And I, fuck, I spent uh, a half an hour yeah. just trying to get up there. And then I just could see the sun was going down yeah. uh, behind the mountain on the left. I was just, shit, fuck. it's dark in it's dark one now. hour. Yeah. Just boogie, come down now. We are in a hurry. <laughs> and then we can find our way back to the camp in totally in darkness. Total darkness in the yeah, spiky bushes. That, yeah, uh, uphill, downhill, yeah. through the forest, and it was just... My pants was ripped apart, Yeah, and my hands, I guess, it's, yeah, scratches yeah. everywhere. I was, it yeah. was just 
totally nightmare. Yeah, I, I had to climb over some of that Madagary. Um, we were coming back off the mountain after I shot my my tar, and we were heading back to the car. And the guys, they just kind of worked their way through like a tunnel, and I was so exhausted and just over the day i just climbed over the top i threw my bag over the top of it i threw my bow over the top of it and i just climbed <laughs> over like 10 meters of madagari just on top of it and, no. I'm like, and i'm in shorts and by the time i got through it my legs were just bleeding there was just blood running everywhere yeah. down it i was so exhausted we crossed the river and as i'm crossing the river i like stumble and smash my shin on a rock and open my shin up as well so by the time i oh. get out of the water it's just my legs were <laughs> Because you know what blood's like when it gets wet. My whole legs yeah. are just red. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's something New Zealand can. It's yeah. just... It's, it, but no, you it's, learn it. You learn it. Yeah. Next time, I won't do that. No, 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 um, no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one that struggled and had a hell, hellish time in those mountains with all those spiky shit. <laughs> The next day we we thought okay maybe we should try try that road we found and walk 200 meters on, and one and a half hour later we are on the top, <laughs> just walking yeah. a clear uh, UTV uh, road all the way. Uh, the predator controller using to check the, all the the poison. Yeah, and you can yeah. just no spiky shit, no, nothing. Just, just walk uh, alongside uh, that uh, road up to the top. <laughs> road, yeah. Did you just find your tar okay the next day? No. no, we found out that the rifle uh, shots, how was it, uh, six centimeters in... No, I think it was 15 centimeters over in 60 meters. Yeah. Oh, no. So I have to oh, gave no. it eight, eight clicks yeah. down. I gave it before it was uh, good. So, oh. yeah, the next day we got a bottle of water. And yeah, yeah I shot it. two shots, and yeah, we could see it was yeah 15 centimeters difference. That's crazy. What type of distances are you shooting in Denmark? Have you were you guys used to shooting you know 200 meters plus or? No, I think 100 meters. It's it's normal. It's yeah, normal. Yeah, that's the average yeah. uh, distance. But yeah, if you have if you're better with a rifle, you can. Some yeah. people go up to 200. It's also what what kind of land you have. If you're sitting in a forest, maybe uh, the shooting distance is only 80 meters. Yeah. But I think in in the fields I have field, uh, yeah. 200 meters. You have to. Uh, you you need it's uh, you need to can take the shot at yeah. 200 meters yeah. because many of the fields are maybe 300 meters wide. And you cannot, that's not there's some trees or bushes you can hide. Oh, uh, you it's can, open lands. You can come closer. And if it's the big robot, you uh, you need to train for it. And I have trained out to, uh, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm good out, out to around 200 to 250. Yeah. I say to myself, 100 meters, I will say, okay, it's yeah, fine. Exactly. Yeah. So I hear, you know, you can shoot what whatever distance you really want because the property sizes are so big and where I hunt is pretty, pretty hilly terrain. So you've always got a backdrop as well. Um, but yeah, norm exactly. normally like I, over here, I haven't shot a, shot a deer over 200 meters with the rifle. Um, you, cause I bow hunt mainly, I'm used to getting in quite close. So normally I'm in with under a hundred meters with the rifle, but yeah, my bull tar was 400, 400 meters. And that's Ooh. the, fur that's <laughs> the furthest God. I've ever, ever shot. It was just an insane shot. I stacked two bags on top of each other. And as I've yeah. started 
start, we started talking about taking a shot on him, he's got up off his rock ledge and started walking towards the crest of the hill. And just before he got to the crest of the hill, I, I'm like, how far is he? He's like 400 meters. So I just guess where I, I put, I put the, the sight on the back of his shoulder and the angle he was on, it's the bullets come in under his back rib and then come out his off shoulder in between his shoulder and his neck. Yeah. Just insanely, I hit him. I'm like, have I hit him? And he's like walking, walking and stumbled and fell back down and got up, stumbled, fell back down. And it was just, yeah, the craziest shot I've ever, ever pulled off. I don't know. Uh, that's the shot you'd remember forever. That's imagine. for sure. It, it was. I know I shouldn't say it was a fluke, but it, def, it definitely was a fluke. <laughs> a fluke. <Yeah. laughs> it, uh, but um, it's also in New Zealand, you have to be trained for the, for the long shots. Yeah. Two hundred yeah. posts. You need to 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 have the experience to do that. I shot my tower about uh, two hundred seventy six meters. The first one. Yeah. I think the 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 bull tower you got was on. 47 meters. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So what about yeah. bow hunting in Denmark? Is that is it legal there now? Or is it still being yeah, on the there's works? There's some complications with the bow hunting on the big animals, like red deer and fallow deer. Yeah. It was uh it was it was up uh, to discussion in some places about if if it should be illegal, is this correct? Uh, does the animal die fast enough and also, with, with the size you have on the hunting ground, if you have five hectares and you shoot a red stack with a bad shot with an arrow, something that's... It, it happens run, uh, now and then. It's, it's, it should not happen, but you can't control everything and some, sometimes it not go your, your way. And if you give a red stack a bad shot with an arrow, I think it will run almost forever. It, it definitely can. Um, but, you yeah. know, a bad shot with a rifle as well can be the same. You just it's don't... The same. Exactly. It's the same. They can run like uh, You just have the counter of, with a rifle, you can repeat fast and give it another one. So and if you... I think it's also... It's every situation they're, they're discussing about. But I think it's it's legal now. I think it is. Yeah, I don't know much. Yeah. I'm not a bow hunter, so I'm not. I'm not following it. <laughs> but I think it's because Denmark it's it's a very small country. You not not many people use bow hunt. No. Would would you fellas, if if you had the time, would you guys get into bow hunting if it was all legalized, just to, as another means to do it, or you you love your rifles too much? Sure, uh, For sure, yeah, yeah, of course. But Sometime yeah. I will. But you but, also uh, have. To get the, as a the land, you yeah, you need some 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 you forest. Need some, you need some forest, yeah. To open where you guys are. Uh, open fields and bow hunting. I think it's a hard hunt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely. Luck also uh, need to be encountered of that. Yeah. And what size is a roe deer? How how big is it compared to a fallow? Around twenty five kilos with. How much is a road deer? Is it road deer is uh, 15, 20 kilos. If, if when it's uh, butchered up with all the hard and leather and stuff out, I think it's around 15 to 20 kilos yeah. normal size. If it's 20 kilos and up, it's an old animal. But I think the average body weight is around 15 kilos mm. okay. of uh, the motor. So they're a bit, bit smaller than the hog deer by the sounds of it. Um, my hog deer yeah. was a a smaller body hog deer because it was from snake island and you know they're yeah. they're an island population of the deer and gutted he was 28 kilos so yeah they must be a yeah. fair, fair bit smaller than the 
than the Hogs do. That's yeah, but also when you, when you see when you see the trophy size of of the, the Roebuck uh, in front of the camera now, I think the 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 height of the antlers is around twenty five centimeters. Okay. And that's 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 uh, this one is one hundred and eleven CIC points measured up, and that's a bronze medal. So they can get a little bit higher, but it's more the mass in the antlers yeah, that count a little bit counts, more, yeah. a little bit different from the SCI. They have uh, a cool configuration. I, lo- I like their stuff. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're cool. What about um, bringing your trophies and all of that home? Are you getting them all taxidermied in New Zealand or are you getting them tanned and cleaned and then brought back? Yeah, then, expedite yeah. on them. Yeah. And I have a friend uh, close, uh, one and a half hour drive from here. He's in uh, learning to be a taxidermy and uh, he gave us some good prices on it and said he can make them for us and he says, that's super. We get an expedite to Denmark, and then he can make them. And what's the taxidermy prices in in Denmark like? I think quite similar to New Zealand, almost. Yeah. A little bit cheaper, maybe, but also you have to take account of the shipment you get home from New Zealand. You have to put that on top. But also, when I was collecting offers from the different kinds of taxidermy in New Zealand. Many of them are using US dollar instead of New Zealand dollar. Yeah. yeah. So if I get an offer from one of them, wow, this is cheap. And then USD. Shit. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's 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 tricky, that's for sure. Um who yeah. who did you end up well, going? I think it's uh, there's a lot of American customers down yeah. there, and that's why they control the market. This big business. Yeah, well, New Zealand New Zealand dollars, it's almost double and a half if not triple Australian prices for some of the stuff we were quoted so it's, it's wow. pretty crazy you know you can yeah, get a shoulder mount for a fallow deer for about 950 Australian a thousand dollars Australian and I think up in New Zealand was like 2,300 two and a half thousand what is uh, what is uh, what is the value of the Australian dollar compared to New Zealand we have to uh, we have to uh, take 4.3 Danish crowns yeah, to get yeah. one New Zealand dollar. So 90 cents Australian is buying $1 New Zealand. All right. All and right. So it's quite similar. Quite similar. Yeah. What's the, what, what money are you guys going on over there? Uh, crowns. Yeah. Danish crowns. Danish crowns. DDK, yeah, I think it is. DKK, I think it is. DKK, DKK, DKK. There we go. Danish crowns. So one one Danish crown is twenty one cents Australian, if that's right. Yeah, that's uh, times four. No. Yeah. So one, yeah, one Australian dollar is four point six seven Danish crowns. Yeah, yeah. that's almost the same almost, as uh, almost the same. as New Zealand. Yeah, very similar. Um. So yeah, you you get them taxidermied over there. Um, price is cool. Uh, we'll jump onto a couple of questions I have down because everything so far has been pretty much off cuff, which is pretty good. We've been going for an hour twenty, all all off cuff, learning about you know Europe hunting and hearing about your experiences yeah. in New Zealand. Um, bit of a silly one. I'm a zombie zombie nut. I like zombie movies, zombie shows. What are your zombie apocalypse weapons? Oh, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> no, uh, you aren't allowed to have so much guns. No, we don't. We, we can't have the assault, assault, assault rifles like in Denmark. But oh, 
that's a hard one, Zach. Uh, a baseball bat. And the rifle. Some sticks on. <laughs> I think you need some things for close encounter. Yeah. Baseball like, bat uh, with some nails. Uh, automatic shotgun with a uh, box shot in. Uh, yeah. And a good sidearm. Glock or something. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it breaks up yeah, the questions. Okay. AR-15. That's a nice weapon. Yeah. Silencer, red dots go on, and then a hell of a magazine under. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, What's it's, your favorite, Zach? Let's see. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a sucker for Walking Dead. I like the the bows and the, the crossbows, you know, yeah, the silent. Yeah. Silence. Yeah. That's 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 me, but yeah, the, I, I get some funny ones. You know, I had uh, I I had a girl on the podcast last night, and she said spear, and I'm like, I never really thought of that, but it would it'd be a pretty good weapon if you had a uh, a good spear. It's a close one, you need to get them in yeah. <laughs> close distance, closer than <laughs> more distance than a machete. So it's it was, yeah. I, I, I thought it was a pretty good answer. What about, yeah, let's hear a story from both of you. What's the most dangerous or sketchy thing that's happened on a hunt? I think my personal, it is, I was in Sweden. Uh, I shot a wild boar uh, in the middle of the night, 120 kilos. That's really, really big. And then I shot it and I wait uh, half an hour and I call my body. Can you come and help me pick it up? You go down, and you hear all kind of stories of pigs that they can you jump up, and then we go down, and we are ten meters from it. They just go up like woof. <laughs> uh, you can see your breath. I was like fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, and then my friend said, "Shoot it now." <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> then I shot it in 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 the head, and yeah, it was dead. That's crazy. Uh, my thoughts when I when I saw the pigs and I just go up, yeah. I was like fuck, fuck, no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, the most dangerous yeah. one. I think that's most dangerous one I have experienced. I, I have never been in a close encounter uh, to the animals. Uh, I think the 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 death wish uh, we were on in Arthur's Pass the day morning it was raining was the only time I have uh, been thinking about death. Yeah, climbing in the uh, slippery grass and stuff. Uh, yeah. the, the the spot we got from from Ryan was in a valley. Uh, there's some steep terrain in there, but we was uh, new in it and we were looking on the Topo map and I said, oh, there's a single squid a little bit below from us. We walked past yesterday. So let's try to go up uh, and, and see if there's a chamois or red deer or something. And there's been some horrible thunder there. Night before, yeah, night before and yeah. it was just almost blue uh, blue sky yeah blue blue uh, blue on the top and there's a couple of skies coming in uh, nothing serious and we will start climbing up and we were halfway up and rain was coming in again i said ah it's over in 10 minutes let's just go further up and we went i think 100 meters further up and before we knew it i was just <laughs> hanging tight <laughs> to hey, the mountainside yeah. Uh, almost straight down the angle was close uh, 70 degrees angle or something it was yeah. very very steep and was tying to the grass and was looking down up, uh, to Boogie I am not going further <laughs> off now I can promise you that it was slippery and I think it took almost two hours to get down just yeah. one step at the time That's but I crazy. think if we have been further up there it was just gone steeper and steeper and steeper yeah. 
Yes. But that's that's the. I was thinking about death there just a second. <laughs> just that's just not good. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. That that sounds sketchy. So we've gone through the most dangerous thing that's happened to you while you guys have been hunting. What's the funniest story you guys have? <sighs> that's hard. Uh, that's hard. I think New Zealand was very funny. Yeah. Uh, at the end, when you were done, uh, you got some yeah funny stories. Uh, I had a funny one. Uh... That was in 2020 on the start of the roebuck hunt. Uh, that was uh, we have a, a hunting club here in Bade, uh, and there are three pieces of land where you can hunt roebucks if you help uh, on the working days with cutting trees and prepare the terrain and all that kind of stuff. And I've done that, and I got the the the, the start uh, day uh, morning and evening. I was coming out in the morning. And we have been buying full Sitka glow, uh, clothes. So I was totally camoed up. And the roebuck was going out uh, in the cleared area just beside the high seat. And I was just, ah, oh. and you, you need to be in the high seat before you can shoot it just of uh, safety precautions. And it was going in under the high seat and disappeared in the trees. And I was, ah, oh, I can tickle down and maybe climb up and I got into the 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 high seat and I can hear some stumbling maybe 10 meters from me and uh, and uh, the 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 road deer has like a, a barking sound like a dog doesn't bah when they are uh, they are scared or something yeah. but they don't know what it is and I was standing eye to eye in 10 meters of the uh, roebuck. It was just barking at me <laughs> uh, several times. I was just standing totally still, full Sitka Camo. And then it jumped maybe 10 meters away from me more and one in some thick bushes. And I was hurrying up to the high seat and sitting ready because I, it had the, the straight line out to the cleared area again. And I waited maybe 20 seconds, run out to the cleared area. And I was like, hey! <laughs> and down it was. I just think that's one of the the funniest moments I had encountered with with Robux especially. That's awesome. Mine, it was in Sweden. My first uh, pick. Uh, we have to shoot. We went for the hunt. It was dark outside. My buddy got a night vision scope. Then he spot the pigs uh, in the field. And yeah, it was a uh, it was dark, and I couldn't see shit because I I didn't have that. And then we uh, we sneak up to the stand, uh, and then we waited a half an hour maybe, and then I shot it. Uh, I think that's the f- yeah the funniest I have experienced. It's just when you can see it in the darkness <laughs> and you don't know what's it. going on. <laughs> and you have to sneak because they are 50 meters yeah. away, and yeah, I can't see anything, and I have to sneak with my body who can see everything. <laughs> you <laughs> can't awesome. step on anything. And then climb up uh, to the stand, and it's wood, so it would. <laughs> oh, oh fuck, fuck! But uh, yeah, I think also I the shot. wallaby in, in New Zealand also is a fun <laughs> one for <laughs> for, fun. for both of us. Yeah, <laughs> just when you, you have never seen a wallaby before, only when you have been in a zoo or something, yeah. and then when you were walking in the forest and boo, it's like, oh, there was a wallaby. See, where where is it? I it was just I could just see that little jumping yeah, animal yeah, yeah. just come towards. And then we're walking 10 meters, and suddenly, I think it's 12 meters from us, he's just sitting, looking at us. Yeah. Saying, what, what can I gonna, gonna do? 
Shoot him. Shoot him. How did you guys find that in New Zealand, being able to pretty much, you know, run into any mammal you ran into, you could shoot? Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic, yeah. <laughs> not, not because you're in a blood rush, you just want to shoot anything, but just at, you can go now and maybe this uh, national park have maybe Arthur's passes 100,000 hectares. And everything you see in that park you can shoot. is a target animal. Yeah, exactly. And there are no restrictions. You have to do everything by yourself. I think it's fantastic that it's your choice that take the outcome of. Uh, is a successful successful hunt or not? Uh, that you can see, okay, it's a small nanny chamois, and let it go and find a big bug or something. I think it's fantastic. And how also, you can use your head a little bit more. Yeah. How did you guys rate eating the tar? Did you like it? Yeah, it actually tasted pretty good. Yeah, yeah. We got a a professional chef to, yeah. to make it, so it was uh, <laughs> very good. We got tar and fallow deer, and no, it was uh, bull tar, fallow deer, and uh, tar kit. A tar kit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but the backstrap, yeah. yeah. Shit, it was good. Yeah, that's, the tar was definitely one of my rated, highest rated game, game species. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Unusual flavor, unusual texture. How I describe it to people is it's kind of like the flavor and texture of Mongolian beef. Like that's the only thing that I could relate it to. Yeah, yeah. Like without the sauce, yeah. like if you sucked all the sauce yeah, off. Well, you, without, uh, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, some yeah. very close to Mongolian. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I loved it. Did you eat the wallaby? Did you try the wallaby? No, uh, we were like, shall we? Or is it? Yeah, it tastes so like shit. Also. 25 degrees outside and had to be in a, in a bag in a plastic uh, bag in our backpack for the <laughs> 12 hours and yeah. which so, okay we shot in 12 meters with uh, 270 winchesters there was not much wallaby back ah, so, point a big hole in it to be, <laughs> but then yeah. to be honest we met someone later that said wallaby meat it's very very good yeah, it's, yeah. said it's fantastic it's, it's not we too like, bad Venison, wallaby, it's all very similar, but I still prefer venison. Um, the One of the American boys I was with, he ended up shooting a, a wallaby with a 270 as well at about 50, 60 meters. Um, so he was pretty stoked to, to get that. First thing he yeah, did was he cut the nutsack off and he ended up cooking the, the nuts up and he, trying to eat them. And we were, oh, we were pissing ourselves. sounds like Liam. <laughs> It sounds like it was him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we we rocked up to this hut, and he's he's got this wallaby meat, and there was a um a Swedish chick staying at the hut, and there was a um oh, where was he from Netherlands? The dude from the Netherlands, Netherlands staying there as well. So he's yeah. he's he's cooking up these wallaby testicles, and he's like, oh, do you want to try some <laughs> to these people that are just walking the trails? I knew he had a fetish for that. <laughs> they're like, nah, 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 we're, we're good. But I ended up cooking some of the tar up that we had with us. And, um, yeah, it was cool being able to sit in the huts and share share some game meat with people that weren't hunting that were from another, you know, she was Swedish and yeah. he was from the Netherlands. Yeah. So being able to share it with them. Was out there in the hut, uh, what were they doing? 
they were just hiking the trails. They were they were yeah, walking one yeah. of the big trails through there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we've been seeing all these fluffy goats. We didn't really know what they were." And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> now, now you get wow, to- where where did you see it? <laughs> that, that, that's exactly what we were like. They're like, "Yeah, we've we've pushed like ten off the trail, like ten meters away from us. Like they just walk on the trails in front of the hikers." What? <laughs> Oh. It sounded like when you shot the big tar at the kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> it was also on the trail. Yeah, it was on the trail. Yeah, inside. That was also fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's also a funny experience. Yeah. I think you should tell it, just for the record. <laughs> it was a crazy morning. We walk on the trail, and you walk. Uh, I was five meters ahead was, of you. Yeah, ahead of me, and I got the rifle on my back, and then you see. Uh, yeah, there was a tar just a tar, 30 meters like, from fuck, us. Fuck, you get the rifle off, and I stood like, fuck, Stumble I can't. To get I, it can't. Off. <laughs> I can't. And then it walked in the. In, in, yeah, it was some, uh, into I think the it was bush. 15 meters of bush on yeah. the left on it. Just yeah. some new bush coming up in around yeah. one and a half, two meters. Yeah, and it, it disappeared in that, and we were like, oh, <sighs> shall we take a cigarette and just leave, yeah. uh, take a break? And then after five minutes. Yeah, I said, okay, we go further in. And then. And yeah, right there, it's it stumbled out to the came, to the came out again on on the trail actually. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah shot it. Yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. And then we <laughs> we we walk up to it. We couldn't see any in any blood. No blood. No nothing. blood. Nothing. And then uh, mass and, uh, was this little plant plant on the middle like of the trail with a small piece of meat. pink of meat on. Yeah. I said, "You hit it, that's for sure." <laughs> and then just over the hill, yeah. 15, just 15 yeah. meters away from it, it was totally dead. Perfect I, shot. I was so angry there because <laughs> the no blood I've missed, and I've shot one we couldn't find, and I missed one, yeah. and now this one uh, was gone. I thought, "Fuck no." <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. So, what about top five dream animals for each of you? <clears throat> top five I would say a Canadian moves yeah I really want to shoot because it's uh, you can lay in the fucking <laughs> endless and uh, yeah Samba yep Samba Samba yeah, yeah. and uh, Axis deer I, always, I also I also think that's uh, that's a nice animal and yeah I shot a tower Let's see, Tan ta Shemi on yeah. my list. I don't know if we, it, it was number one now, but <sighs> I think uh, Ibex in one of the European yeah. countries yeah. is on my list. I don't know if it's the top one. I really want one day to shoot one of the big grizzly bears. A brown. Uh, brown grizzly bear. Uh, yeah. But also a uh, cougar. Uh, I think it's a fantastic animal. So Marco Polo, what's the name of that? Yeah. Uh, also, Axis deer is on my list. That's, yeah. It's not the typical African uh, species. It's more like the 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 European species and and some from the US. Uh, not any antelopes or something. It's more like like deer's elk, for example, where Pete. Yeah, yeah. Also yeah, a pretty. beautiful animal. I would yeah. like to try that on a rod hunt sometimes. Sounds like you boys also, just need to get down to Australia. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, we need to take a couple of weeks down yeah. at sex place. <laughs> Two years, we put uh, 30, and then uh, uh, we make a trip. Yeah, if we think we need to. Yeah, <laughs> There's some uh, good out, good outfitters over here that you can take. I'm pretty, I think some of the outfitters, you can take all six deer species at the one place. So 
and they go wow. they do like yeah, bentang okay. some places do buffalo and pigs and goats and a bit of everything i think we've got about 26 27 different species to hunt here um that are introduced um rabbits hares foxes feral dogs feral cats um donkeys horses wild cattle bentang um buffalo yeah scrub balls um the six species of deer goats pigs so yeah there's there's a good good number of animals over here to hunt yeah it sounds like a dream country (laughs) yeah on the box trying to kill you (laughs) <laughs> crocodiles and yeah. snakes, spiders. I don't we were know. actually making fun uh, when we were sitting in a plane. We had a transfer in Melbourne. And my and Boogie, we had a couple of Heinekens in the plane. And suddenly uh, Boogie is uh, coming towards me and says, in Australia, when you're turning 50, that's a big party in Australia. I said, oh, why? <laughs> Every animal doesn't want to kill you. They have to celebrate it. <laughs> big spiders and all that kind of stuff. Everything is on steroids down there. Yeah. The huntsman spider you have down there. Jesus, man. Before you I go don't... to the toilet, we have to look at <laughs> everything. Okay, Snakes nothing. and... Uh, <laughs> oh. yeah. That's something you guys don't have to worry about. And snakes and spiders so much over there, eh? Well, we have, uh, I think, the biggest uh, one is uh, five centimeters in diameter. <laughs> That's with legs. Yeah. Nothing, uh, five centimeters in Australia is just the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I could lift up. There's probably one under the laptop, or maybe one up in the bow rack behind me somewhere. There would be yeah, a huntsman yeah. in here somewhere, that's for sure. Daddy long legs, there's oh, pl- plenty yeah. of them around. Yeah, I'm massive. These spiders, wow, they're disgusting. <laughs> nah, they're, have uh, you seen a full, a full grown one? I, I pick them up, I pick up huntsmen's and wolf spiders, and they don't, they don't bother. Fuck me. off, nah, serious. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh. well, so what you also have that's the funnel web spider that's the person's yeah, one the funnel web spider and the there's bird eating spiders and there's a there's a couple of other ones uh redback spiders white tips yeah, eating spider it's like when you see a spider in denmark you just stamp on stamp it on and it's it. dead yeah walking. in australia you stamp on it and it's still walking with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> just surfing it. yeah surfing starts bent pressing you with one leg yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so how do you guys see the public views on hunting and hunters i love it yeah i think it's nice some people you know hunt uh it's just to get the meat. Yeah. And it's also get... you have different kind of hunters. You have the trophy hunters, you have the meat hunters. And... Yeah. But you have you have the population of animals. Uh, you have to keep it uh, as, yeah. as a straight line because if, if there's no hunters, uh, the animal becomes all about the conservation. Yeah. I mean more more people from the outside that don't hunt, how they look and see hunters. Like in Denmark. We don't have these. Yeah, uh, uh, you, you think uh, we have certain place in, in Europe now where all the green uh, uh, the yeah the green piece uh, people uh, uh, it's like small communities somewhere and there is so many money in these communities that want to fight for banning hunting yeah and you see many places over in England now uh, with the traditional fox hunt they have with uh, the hound dogs 
that people with uh, ski masks are running out on the fields and destroy the hunts and yeah. the high seeds got cut down and maybe they will uh, uh, hide that they have cut the high seeds so when the hunter climb up in it he will fall down and uh, and be damaged yeah. so it's it's I think it's it's okay you don't like hunting but we, we, we don't uh, beat you down because you eat uh, vegetables don't beat us because we eat meat or, yeah. or like to hunt meat because we only care uh, I I like more the idea of deer more than individual deer I care so much about deer that I want to protect them and have the best population at my hunting ground Yeah, but people don't understand that you can protect a species by killing it exactly no. it, 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 it sounds crazy when you say it but it's the way you do it by if just you have an old old male uh, goat or lion or something just a, but just if a you, robot just a robot but if you sell that people get payment to uh, to ensure that the rest of the population is safety down uh, for example in africa is the biggest business in africa is trophy hunting yeah exactly the population is just uh, going up yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all animals yeah it's yeah. proven all yeah. over the place yeah. Is Rhinos, there, elephants, lions. Is there any protesting on hunting in Denmark itself? Or I saw something on Facebook. Uh, some uh, vegan hunters. Yeah. They go out and they just push all the all the stands down, so hunters they can't climb up. Yeah, and shoot. Yeah, and yeah, I don't. There's no much. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not uh, much in Denmark. It's, no. it's, it's bigger in in the other countries, uh, Germany yeah. and uh, England and France. I think also they have big problems uh, with it. Uh, but but it's it's not that much in Denmark. That's that's lucky. So in South Australia at the moment, bow hunting is currently under threat. One of our politicians, who's the the deputy PM of our state or deputy minister of our state, she's actually advocating for the ban of bow hunting and also duck hunting in South Australia and Victoria is under threat. They're trying to ban duck hunting. Um, in Victoria, they have protesters that go out during the hunting season for ducks and um, they protest all the hunters in the wetlands. So these people will walk around the wetlands when a hunter shoots a duck, then they steal the duck from the hunter. Um, no way. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. There's, there's stories of people getting their cut, their tires slashed by, by these protesters, putting feces underneath the door handles and on their windscreens of their cars while they're hunting. And that's, it's that's also dangerous. To the people, yeah. uh, you got a man with a gun out yeah. for a hunt. Yeah, and you a... run around in front of him. And, yeah, uh, fuck. Yeah, and, and... But it's, it's, it's okay they don't like hunting. It's okay. But That's, yeah. keep it for in yourself. the law side. And yeah. you don't uh, uh, running around and do all that kind of stupid stuff. That we don't do that good. because that uh, only we uh, vegetables. It's okay with us. You just do that. Then there are more meat me for the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, with the mindset of some of these people is that they're they're seeing the animal's life as being as a human. So if you shoot a exactly. you shoot a duck, they're seeing it as you shot their their brother or their mum or you know. As, yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's how they're seeing it. They're so far removed from the the food chain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's, it's it's also like they don't know anything about deer. They just want the deer to 
live in peace. Yeah, it's like they don't know about hunting. Yeah, they don't know about the conservation part. Yeah, like. you hunt because you 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 keep the population of animals as uh, regular. Yeah, yeah. And if then, you see, for example, as a land of uh, Poland, everything are on quotes. Everything. Yeah. Every hunter, all the hunting areas in Poland are owned by the states. And then there's a hunting club with 50 members, and they have all the hunting rights in 10,000 hectares. And they say, okay, you have 10,000 hectares, you can shoot 15 red stacks. Five of them has to be uh, small, five of them medium, and five of them uh, big. And the same with Robux and Fallow there and Wild Boss and everything. Yeah. Everything is restricted and on quotes. Yeah, that's good. And if you, if you say you have 40 Robux and you shoot, 30 so okay your area cannot compete to you shooting 40 robots then we push it down to okay you shoot 30 then your quotes is on 30 and if you say okay there are many robots you have the permission to shoot five more and then we can hire it up again next year that's awesome so how would you guys change the public views on hunting and hunters so i, I think it's all about the explanation about hunting why you hunt and why you do what you do uh, but is if you you have to take if you have a situation where you're sitting towards one that's a non-hunter and try to get them understand why we hunt the certain species and why i don't shoot just the first small robot that comes in front of me why do i wait maybe 100 hours to until the big one come out it's, yeah. You have to get the understanding and how, why you do what you do, but it's a hard, hard way sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you can't explain people, but because their mind is yeah. already on that. Okay, you yeah. hurt animals; it's not good. Yeah. And you can talk in yeah. twenty minutes and say, but you're still shooting the animal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I do it for protecting it. Yeah. But you shoot it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that's the only thing they got uh, yeah. in their mind. Yeah. It's like you shoot it. Yeah. Yeah, but it it is because of everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a touchy subject and it's a hard one to navigate. But I like to hear other people's opinions on how we should deal with these these social problems when it comes to hunting. Maybe take someone somebody without you. Yeah, <laughs> come I, come with me out for a hunt and then I you can experience it. Also, so, the way we do it in New Zealand when we take the, the we take the trophy pictures. And you have the scenery with all the mountains. I mean, we was making a big deal out of there should be no blood in the pictures. And we wiped the mouth clean with some sand and some water. And we was setting it up nicely. So it actually uh, looked like the goat was alive. And when I showed it to many of the dishwashers and uh, service people in the restaurant, they said, oh, it, it, it's, it's alive. I said, no, it, it is dead. <laughs> I, I hope not. It, it's dead. I said, no, 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 it looks, it looks alive. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. Yeah. I said, but if you do something that's blood all, the, all over the yeah. place and you have blood on your arms, and that's also to, to think about, if I show you the picture, you just say, oh, nice, man, uh, good shamir, good tar. But it's also for the outworld to see it. And you have to worry about it because people are judging so much out of the picture. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I, agree. I come from the Faroe Islands and the, they kill whales. There's so much, uh, yeah, what a green, what is the name? Uh, no, that was the, the dolphin. Uh, uh, oh. 
what's his name? Sea Shepherd. Yeah, Sea yeah, Shepherd. Yeah, Shepherd. Exactly. Idiot. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, you've been killing whales in the Faroe Islands for yeah, I don't know as how long as you can remember. Yeah, that's and, where uh, they is that where they corral them into the bays and then people start killing yeah, them. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, that's kind of cool. That's it's co- it's cultural. I would, I would take. It, yeah, exactly. It's the cultural, and people hate it because when blood meets water, it just looks, looks like a massive. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, hey, and if, when you got 50 whales laying in the bay with blood everywhere, people think, oh, that's a run, uh, slaughterhouse. If I, no, if, it, if I was there, I'd partake in it. It's it's something interesting. It's something cool. It's a different culture, and it'd be cool. Have you, have you eaten yeah. whale? Have you eaten whale, being from that area? I have experienced a whale hunt. Yeah. Uh, yes, I also have tasted uh, whales. I think you have to be born with it. You can come outside and think, mm, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say it tastes like anything I else. know you have to be born uh, in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he has been at my at my parents' house. When we got some, it was uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah, we got some uh, sheep. It was, it's hanging outside to get, uh, how can you say, rot. Yeah, you start a rotting process, yeah. but it's controlled. It's controlled, yeah. And it smells like, for some people, a mess. It's, it stinks in here. But <laughs> I couldn't be in the house. Like, I, I, I couldn't be in the I, house. I just love it. <laughs> Is it like that? Um, what's that? That shark, that fermented, that fermented shark. That's that's. That's Iceland. Yeah, that's yeah, Iceland. Yeah, yeah, it's Iceland, but is it like yeah. that? But I think, just a strong... I think it's quite similar. Yeah, yeah it's quite similar. I think it's a strong, strong smell. Yeah, it is. And I think also it's strong in taste. But yeah, yeah, but people only see the pictures with the blood and everything, and then just like, oh, that's yeah, that's sad. They're but, killing all the whales. Yeah, but you don't, don't you don't go out to look for them. If you if you're out fishing and you spot some whales and then you call everybody out there, there's some whales there, and then people come in and they kill it and they give it all to the community. Yeah, community. Yeah, that's cool. There's no, there's no money in it. I'd, I'd partake in it. It looks it, it looks different. I've seen videos and photos of it and it's like seal hunting and whale hunting for like the Nunavak people and like exactly. the seal hunting looks cool. I, I want to try seal and seal oil and all of that type of stuff. I, I think it's all, it's all a part of how we all got here. Um, yeah, exactly. But moving on, what is hunting to you? So each of you separate, what is hunting to you? I think it's for a hunter, when you come out and you just sit in a stand, you can't see anything, but just you are out in the nature and enjoying every everything. You see something new every time you're out there, and yeah. I think it's nice just to to come out, be uh, be for yourself. Yeah, just clear just your mind. And, yeah, clear your minds. Yeah, it's just yeah. also uh, it's we we are so deep in the hunting culture now because we care so much <laughs> about it, and we do all the hunting we do. It's it's just a part of us. And you also protected if, if, if you see some garbage or something you you pick yeah. it up uh yeah it's just not only hunting it's also just be out there yeah. in the nature yeah maybe you don't see the big roebuck or something but you see some hares you see maybe some pheasants yeah, some, some fox, fox uh, some, yeah you see some different every time and, yeah. yeah it's just something that's laid down deep in us yeah. and a part of who we are yeah, yeah. and if you shoot a big yeah. buck it's just yeah but yeah also just it's not. It's only one percent of it is shooting. Yeah, exactly. 
The worst 99 is the preparation and just be out there. Yeah. And you get so many experience just on a cornfield in Denmark. You can't imagine it. It's just lay it down in the memory. I'll have to get over there one day. It's it sounds yeah, you have to, you have to. I need I need we'll one of those roadie behind you. <laughs> Come in the hunting season, we will settle something up. Oh, I'll have to. I'll have to. One of um my wife's good friends, she's Danish. Um I'm not sure yeah. whereabouts she's from, but yeah. She her her dad was a butcher and yeah, heard heard a bunch of cool stories from over there and she she celebrates all, all the different traditions and that over here and invites everyone over for the the different season festivals and stuff like that she she does all cool yeah. ups and stuff so that's pretty cool <laughs> nice nice uh, it, it's awesome but i appreciate you guys coming on and taking time out of your day it's a little bit easier to to um work out it was about what seven hours difference seven and a half hours difference so yeah, i think it's seven hours now uh, seven, seven and a half yeah uh, that's of course that's awesome. But um, if if people want to check out your social media and see your hunts and have a chat to you guys about hunting in, in Denmark and Europe, um, where do they find you? Instagram is the place to go. Uh, Instagram, yeah. Profile name. My profile name is uh, mass.soe, M-A-D-S dot S-O-E. Yeah. Mine is Boogie H. Erickson. It's a B O G. I H E R I K S E N. Awesome. And you yeah. guys have some great content. Um, if I just click Thanks, on man. Mads's. More to come up from New Zealand, I promise you that. You've sent me a few of those Final photos, speed. but yeah, there's there's just some incredible stuff like looking at the seeker and the roe deer and everything else that's on the profiles, the boars, and uh, it's. It's completely different to anything we have here, so it's it's awesome to yeah. see. Thanks, man. No, no, I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, and yeah, have a good night. You too, Sex. See you next you time. Too. Will do. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hunting Connection Podcast. Please head over to our social media and give us a follow. Instagram at Hunting Connection Podcast. Facebook at Hunting Connection Podcast, Twitter at Hunting Connect, TikTok at Hunting Connection Podcast. If you've enjoyed, please share with your friends and family, tag us in your photos and videos on social media, subscribe, rate and review to help grow the podcast. If you're interested in giving additional support to the podcast, you can head over to our podcast Patreon page. Thank you very much for listening and catch you next episode.